Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and healer from Vancouver, Canada, with over two decades' experience serving individuals from all walks of life. We're going to be speaking with leaders and visionaries from around the world in the field of art, music, activism, health, education, spirituality, and more to talk about what it means to be a voice for love. We're going through massive changes on the planet right now, and I believe that what the world needs more than ever are people who are aligned, heart-led, and who can speak from the soul to help usher in even bigger shifts that will elevate us all into a more harmonious existence together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, everyone. This is Surya. Welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm very excited today to welcome my special guest today, Tarane Irfan King. Welcome, Tarane. Thank you so much. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so, I- so joyful to be in conversation with you. Oh, I'm so, I'm so excited to talk to you because um, yeah. I was just telling you, I'm so excited about everything that you're doing. So can you please tell everyone a little bit about yourself for those who don't know you? Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I, I wish I had an elevator pitch. I probably should, but I don't. Um, so we will go with whatever is coming right now. Uh, my name is Tarane. Uh, I am an Iranian Canadian who has been living on the um, indigenous lands of the Squamish people since I was 12 with my family. I now live with my partner and my two children who are magical beings. Uh, I'm a writer and author of a recently published book called Conscious Grieving, The Path of Awakening Through Loss. And as a day job, I work as a registered counselor supporting people to find more ease and peace in their lives. That's a little about me. <laughs> that's beautiful and it's perfect and I'm sort of glad that you don't have an elevator pitch because you know elevator pitches can we're not in an elevator right now we're, we're real human beings having a, a live conversation and you know this is what it's all about so um I love your poetry and I love your mm-hmm. writing and I was telling you that I'm like literally so excited for your book I'm like checking mm-hmm. the mail every day because uh, I just think it's such a timely uh, it's so timely that you you wrote this book. So I would love to know a little bit more about what was your process or what was it that led you to write this book and on this particular topic? Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for your generous words. Uh, I never really thought that I would write a book about grief. I always knew that I would write. And when I say always, like, I mean, always, like I remember myself being um, in grade one or two and my favorite thing in the world being when we had free time to write stories. That was always my most favorite thing to do. Um, I grew up in, um, I don't know if I would say a typical Persian household, but certainly in a, a, a spiritual one at that where poetry ran through everything that we do. Poetry very much is part of the Iranian culture. And I so happened to, to luck out to choose 
a family who were Sufi. And so um, spiritual poetry was ingrained in every aspect of my childhood. And literature was also part of that, um, particularly spiritually minded literature. So I really grew up with it. You know, I grew up with it knowing that I enjoyed writing. I always wanted to write. Whenever that question was posed to me, like if money was no object, what would you be doing? I would always imagine that I would be writing and I would be teaching or speaking. So all of that was there, but the idea of writing a book about grief, it, it hadn't entered my knowing mind, you know. However, in, I say that, but in the process of writing it, and particularly in the aftermath of thinking back to how did I come to write this book and how did it just flow like that and come out of me in such a fashion, which I'm happy to talk about with you. Um, I realized that even though I didn't intend psychologically, like I am going to write a book about grief, you know, I didn't think of it like that, but I had to. Like grief was my gateway to my own personal spiritual awakening and so what I realized is that it was also the gateway for me to share this bigger, hmm, this bigger or deeper or um, all-encompassing message, which is uh, around our collective consciousness. And this just happened to be the gateway. This book happened to be the gateway and grief happened to be the gateway. And the timing of it was absolute divine intervention. <laughs> I love that. And yeah, your, your poetry is so powerful. <laughs> That's mm. why I, I said to you, because I sensed, I was like, this is, a, this is some kind of a lineage blessing that you have from your ancestry in your words, because I feel it. And I've always... I love Sufi poetry, you know, Rumi and mm -hmm. Hafiz. Is, I, mm -hmm. I, I feel it like I can read Rumi and just get transported into this, like it's a very devotional kind of a, a space. Yeah. And I feel the same thing when I read yeah. your words. And so oh, it's, it's, so yeah, it's interesting because you could read one person's words and maybe they're saying the same thing, but I feel like a depth in mm -hmm. your words that comes mm -hmm. from, you know, it comes from that wonderful blessing that you had and being able to be raised in a home where that was encouraged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I went to sleep with my grandmother putting Rumi poetry to song. Like those were my lullabies. It's like, I come by it honestly, I guess is what I mean to say. It's like that was, and my, my grandmother herself was a Sufi poet in her own right and was published in magazines and has, has a book. And she was absolutely my most profound spiritual teacher. And it was her passing that pushed me to write my book about conscious grieving because I have forever known that we are spirits embodied. I have forever known that there is um, an all-encompassing embrace you know beyond this form 
that is holding us now and will always, whether we are in these bodies or not. And yet when my grandmother passed, all of that knowing left suddenly. It just left me suddenly. I was so deeply grieving her physical passing and my inability to connect with her in physical form that I felt utterly confused. It's like, what the heck happened to this deep knowing that she is not her body, that she is way more than that, and she is with me and all around me at all times? What happened to that knowing? How come as soon as she passed, all of that went out the window? You know, so for me, my own process of grieving her death was part of my reason for writing this book because I had to go through it myself. I realized I wasn't grieving consciously I, and that there was some kind of understanding that needed to happen between the very human and totally understandable experience of the emotional ups and downs that come with grief without negating that they're true, but also holding space for the ineffable that we know is there. So how do I feel my feelings fully of this grief, but also not spiritually bypass the human experience? And yet, how do I feel it without becoming so gripped by the human experience that I forget I'm spirit embodied. What is the balance? That's why I wrote the book. It's like, where is the balance here? How do I fully human and fully spirit at the same time? I mean, that was part of why when people are like, you wrote a book about grieving? I'm like, yeah, I know it's called conscious grieving. And it is. But it's also about conscious living. And so that's what perhaps excites me most about the book is that, you know, people might come to the book because they're grieving the loss of a, someone in their life or they might come to it because uh, they're supporting someone who is grieving or they might come to it because they're in a helping profession or in a caring profession where they support communities of people who are grieving or Perhaps they're grieving who they used to be or a life they used to have or a relationship, etc. Um, and yet the content of the book is so much more than that, I guess. It's about finding that attuned balance between enjoying and rejoicing the full undulation of the waves of being human while also letting spirit continue to lead us through it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And now I'm even more excited to, to read the book because <laughs> I, I can relate so much to all of that. And it's true, you know, where we are 
we are very human and especially as spiritual people. And like you said, you know, we have this awareness. Yes, we are spirit. And then on the human level, like it hurts. And when we Mm -hmm. lose somebody that we love and the realization that we will, you know, never get to actually see them again or Mm -hmm. hug them again or hold them again, you know, that is, that is very, very real. And we can't bypass that, that, that step. And, And grieving is a very, you know, can be sort of very messy because, we can go through all the things in a very, you know, even in a day, in an hour, you know, there might be an up and a down and it's, um, and, and I just love it because, you know, in other, in other cultures, you know, like the Tibetan one comes to mind right away. There's a lot of instructions about mm-hmm. how people are to die mindfully and what to do when people pass over. And it's something mm-hmm. that, you know, in other societies, we don't really, we don't really look at this as much. So I think it's a, mm-hmm. such a powerful, such a powerful concept because it, it can be. And I just feel like as you're speaking, I'm just like, wow, it feels like your grandmother is just like her great mm-hmm. spirit is like hovering around the whole, this, this entire project. And it feels like mm-hmm. she's kind of the one who's been like, you know, <laughs> have you, have you felt that as well? I have very much felt her in this process with me. Um, Oh, it brings tears to my eyes just saying these words in this moment. Uh, you know, I, I think she was my guide before I came to earth and she continues to be my guide after she has departed. And yeah, you know, my book is dedicated to her and to my grandfather who were both just such... Hmm humble servants of the human condition and always spirit-led. Like, what better mentors could I have had? I really can't think of anything more beautiful than to have had both a a very, you know, and also like they were very much, in my opinion, from my perspective, divine feminine and divine masculine embodied each of them individually like embodying both um to me that's just magic so i feel i feel blessed very much blessed by them but that is magic and it's it's very sort of rare as well because Mm -hmm. not all of us have this this gift of experience of having elders first of Mm -hmm. all having elders in our life period Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm also having elders that are, um, you know, such a like beautiful way showers, such as Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and yet I I find it fascinating. I often wonder like, what do my siblings think? (laughs) You know, how did they experience my grandparents? Um, And I, I think we share some of the same or similar memories, but perhaps because each of us are so unique in our soul's expression, we also receive dis- differently the same messages or similar experiences differently. So I'm, yeah, whatever, however our soul instruments were tuned, we were very much attuned to one another. So I, I do think that that is a blessing. And I, and I think about that and like, I wonder what kind of a grandmother I would be. And I sincerely hope that um, you know, I, I continue uh, on this path. I, I, I believe you will. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you'll be a beautiful 
grandmother when that time comes. And isn't it interesting how our, our siblings, like we all experience things differently. Sometimes when I talk to my brothers, I'm like, did we grow up in the same house? Because <laughs> we have such vastly different, you know, experiences of things. And, and even to this day, how we each see different things, you know, but that's all, yeah. also a part of being human, right? Is that everyone does interpret mm-hmm. things in their own, in, in their own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about the process of writing this book? Like, is it, and, and how long did it take you? And was it a, was it a smooth process or you, cause you mentioned that the, the words themselves, like the, the content mm-hmm. perhaps flowed a little easier and mm-hmm. can you share a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you the shortest version I can. <laughs> And I feel like we, 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 before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about this, that like there's this idea that once you have an idea uh, or that you feel like you're on the right path, that if it's meant to, it will just flow with ease and it will be so, you know, where ease is, is where you should go. That was not necessarily the case for my book. I, um, I had been writing for some time already, um, initially I was writing two books. One was a book of spiritual poetry, um, around the grieving process, which was ignited by my, um, my grandmother's passing, uh, because she was a spiritual poet. And for me, writing spiritual poetry in my grief was part of the way that I reconnected to spirit and I reconnected to her and I reconnected to my desire to live this life which suddenly seemed to not have as much meaning um so there was that that was happening I was writing these series of poems some of which are in the conscious grieving book um and simultaneously I was writing this other book which was about uh, conscious awakening essentially and I was writing these two books and I had reached out to a book agent who I thought you know, this is it. I, I came upon them serendipitously and everything on their Instagram was exactly what I wanted and they were meant to be my agent and this must have been like divinely designed. And I sent them my books with, you know, uh, followed all their instructions of how to submit something. And uh, the reply was basically, it was very kind. It was, you know, we love your writing, personally find it very meaningful and resonates really well, but you don't have enough followers. So go and get 10,000 followers and come back. (laughs) And I was like, oh, what? Are you kidding? Like, and, and particularly because they were so clear about like, the importance of publishing uh, people of color and being diverse and bringing different voices from different walks of life. And um, they were, you know, they took the angle of spirituality and wellness and self-help. I'm like, this is all of those things. I am bringing you all of those things. And you're telling me you love everything about it, but you, it just doesn't fit in the system. (laughs) so you're nodding I'm like yeah funny how that (laughs) works oh my god (laughs) yeah so um thankfully I'm an Aries so the fire within me was like oh no (laughs) 
<laughs> this is not a setback, you know? So I just thought, okay, all right, that's cool. But no problem. Um, it wasn't meant to be. They clearly do not understand that, you know, in their framing, it was like, this is a very competitive environment, quote unquote. So you, you need to have certain following to be published. And I thought, you know, from a spiritual lens, we ain't competing with each other. If you haven't got that, you're probably not the right agent, you know. But I tell this story because hopefully the listeners who are out there, like, these setbacks will come and the system will confront us in these ways that we go, ah, shit. And we can either feel like a victim to the system or we can say, okay, and I believe differently. I believe differently. I believe there's another path. Um, shortly after that, uh, I, um, I, maybe that was like in March or April ish time, 2019. Then I kind of just sat with the books, tried out a few things, continued to, you know, meander down these pathways of people who inspired me, etc. Um, and then one morning in July, I woke up. I woke up and my first thought was, these are not two books. These are two sides of the same book. And as soon as I had that thought, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> it suddenly felt like the knowing was crisp and clear and pristine. And so it was, uh, you know, it was a Tuesday morning and <laughs> by, I just like hurriedly organized childcare for my kids. Um, and I left on a Thursday morning. I um, had the good fortune of having a space to go to, um, to write that was nobody was there. And I, left on a Thursday morning and I wrote all Thursday afternoon into the night, Friday, all day Friday into the night. And by Saturday noon, the book was complete. <laughs> so it was a flip, you, you know, uh, oh, I wish this was a video because listeners, I hope you, I hoped you could see her face. There he is like, what? <laughs> I can I can clip this part. I know my face, my eyes are like <laughs> like saucers. I'm like, what? <laughs> I know it can be shocking, and yet, for those who are listening who have had such clear moments of download and connection, okay, maybe you haven't had it for two days straight, potentially, or maybe you have, and that's wonderful. I, I sense that most listeners of your podcast will understand this feeling of the entire experience in your physical body is beyond the physical. Every, every cell, but also every space between the cells in your body is vibrating and you are inside your body, you're using your body, your form, your ego to channel something that is completely beyond, completely beyond. And so that's 
I entered that space and I only paused to pee and drink tea. And, <laughs> you know, that was basically it. And I, I, um, I would, it kind of felt like a question and answer. A question would arise and I would write the answer. And then I would write until the question felt answered. And then another question would come up and I would write until it felt answered. And it just kind of went like that until I felt like I ran out of questions. And then I just sat and I listened for some time. And, and then it actually felt complete at that point. Um, so that was the first draft of the book. Uh, it, it came in these kind of three parts. One was this kind of philosophical part around the concept of conscious grieving. One was a section about poetry. And finally, there was a section of, and now what do I do about it? Like, I am still human needing to grieve. What the fuck do I do? <laughs> and so that last part was very much like, almost like a step-by-step. -step. Like, if you're feeling this way, try this. If you're experiencing this, try this. You know, some guidance. Um, I took that first draft and I actually sent it to a publisher who also said, love it. Nothing like it is out there. We have a two-year wait list if you want to wait two years to be published. And I actually sat on the book that was, I submitted it to them. So I wrote it in July. I submitted it September 2019. And then they responded saying, you know, if you are willing to wait two years, please do. And then, um, you know, COVID-19 happened. <laughs> and life went all wiggly wongly <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that's a good way of putting it <laughs> um and then I woke up on a day in May 2020 I said no the time is now for this book I don't want to wait the time is now this is this is the time for the message and so I decided to go the self-publishing route um and you know I may have written the book in two days but it took uh, not quite a year, but almost a year to bring it into the type of pristine condition in terms of, you know, editing and mm, ensuring that the examples were not so esoteric that they weren't grounded for all types of people, uh, not just people who talk a certain way, but for, for anybody. I wanted the book to be accessible enough Certainly for the, it is a book for the spiritually minded or spiritually hearted, but I wanted it to be accessible enough that anyone who is grieving could pick it up and get something supportive out of it. And so the, you know, I went through the process of editing and designing and was so freaking every part of it was intentional from like the, the, you know, material that it was printed on to which printer I decided to use the the editor and the designer that I chose what was their vibrational frequency you know did not just do I like them do they provide did they do good work but who are they being and does this resonate with the quality of this offering that we're putting out in the work so you know I I feel like I said I would talk about it briefly but it's been 10 minutes so <laughs> there's a lot to talk about I mean it's a whole it's, it's, a, it's like a whole uh, it's almost like a book it's like I, I can kind of relate it to like music it's like a timestamp. you know it's like what yes. was going on in that moment and it, it is a whole 
it is a whole process. And I can relate from, you know, mm. I, I've been in that creative flow where like mm-hmm. I made my first EP in like four or five days. I think it was like a five song EP. I came back from mm-hmm. the Bahamas after having this like, you know, exhilarating experience mm-hmm. doing Kirtan and it just like mm-hmm. flowed out. So mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. when you're in the flow. So that's, it's interesting like that. So it's like, there's just one piece where like you were so in the flow that you wrote a book in two and a half days. And yet yeah. the, the rest, the, the, you know, the rest of the process wasn't necessarily that, you know, effortless mm-hmm. or easy. And then yet mm-hmm. also, I, I feel like we learned so much from, from the challenging pieces and, and from the journey. Mm-hmm. And there's so much trust that has to take place because we do have these setbacks and these things happen. And mm-hmm. it's, it's very often like that, you know, the thing that we think is like, this is the right thing and this is the perfect avenue for me. And yet, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not. And that I, I'd also love to speak to that, that piece about, because this is a thing I know with authors, it's a thing with musicians and the music industry and artists mm-hmm. too. It's like, you know, everybody's like, Oh, this is great. But you know, they, they expect you to have a certain following or a certain audience already, mm-hmm. which also kind of, puts me always back to the place of, well, then what do I need anyone for? You know, like, why don't we just be independent? Because there are so many avenues for us to be independent now, whether we're an author Mm -hmm. or an artist or a musician, you know, Mm -hmm. these options weren't available to us in the past. We were literally reliant. The only way to put out a book was that you had to, you know, have a publisher do it. The only way to put out music was to be signed by a major record label. And it's just not like that anymore because of technology. And potentially we can get ourselves even more exposure by do and more money, you know, by, by doing mm-hmm. things ourselves and being able to control every, you know, the way that we mm-hmm. want to do things. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm glad that it worked out that way for you. Mm-hmm. It sounds just perfect. It's so true because I think that there is a part of it that becomes like, are, are we just consumers of a system that we have inherited or are we co-creating constantly with this construct that's out there and are we willing to be part of a, a new path to a way of creating and expressing that is not monopolized, that is not dominated by the, hmm, let's just say dominant culture that is not necessarily always inclusive and understanding or has the stamp of inclusivity and understanding and yet is con- continually driven by certain motives that are not as inclusive as it longs to be, right? So. Oh, I think about this all the time. It's just, just, we are so, you know, the system is so much a part of all of us, even even those of us who seek to break outside of that. And even Mm -hmm. this idea that, you know, we put people on a pedestal or we, you know, look to these people who have the biggest followings or they sell the most books Mm -hmm. or they do the, you know, the best or the most or whatever. Like to me, Mm -hmm. that's also part of that system because there's incredible, you know, God gifted so many of us with gifts, you know, music gifts, writing gifts, like Mm -hmm. you name it. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's not always the person who, again, is the biggest, the best, and the most that is the best at everything. You know, there's all mm-hmm. kinds of incredible people that we might never see or hear about. So for mm-hmm. me, that's why it always brings it back to community of why we need to kind of form communities and share because within every community, there will be a storyteller, there will be a musician, yes. there will be, you know, and so, you know, about learning to celebrate that for one another rather than looking to this big, giant, external, like, oh, this one individual. Like to me, that is the epitome of of the system and I think about this all the time as as an artist yes yeah and and how do you navigate that so you think about it I get that how do you navigate it how do you navigate it personally 
Ooh, well, for me, it's again, it's about, you know, a lot of my own, it's funny that you asked me this because I was just thinking today, like so much of my process for many years now is, is always about unwinding. It's about undoing, mm. you know, it's like that quote, mm-hmm. like it's not about learning much, it's about mm-hmm. unlearning much. And because mm-hmm. we've all learned in these systems and we've been raised in these systems, again, they're such an inherent part of us in some ways mm-hmm. that we don't even see. So for me, it just looks like honoring everything I do and being grateful that, you know, if one person enjoys something that I create or that, and learning to make that as meaningful than me believing that I have to go and have, you know, a gazillion people hear what I do or, you know, have this massive feedback from the world. Like, why is that any more important than just having one person, which happens to me quite often, you know, come to me and give me a heartfelt comment about something that I did that, you know, helped them or supported them. And to me, it's, it's just about acknowledging that because why is that one person or that one experience any less important than having a million people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's so true because if we are doing anything with the intention of the validation being on the other side of an accomplishment, we're missing the point, right? So when we do the thing with the intention of being who we long to be while we do the thing that we are doing, then we've done it. (laughs) We've already accomplished the intention while doing anything just by merely by living because it's our beingness it's our essence it's how we do the thing that we do not just that we've accomplished the thing that we said we were gonna do right we are beings we're not just doings right so it that's the thing it's you're right like of course it would be wonderful for uh the product of a work that we produce whether it's a piece of music or whether it's a piece of writing for it to resonate and reverberate in the souls of many if it is meant to provide you know whatever whatever was the intention of its creation whether it was to provide some holding or some space or some release or some clarity or some ease or peace or joy or love or whatever the thing was of course it would be lovely for it to reach more and yet that's not the point right The point is that it was created in that spirit and therefore it is already all it was meant to be, you know? And and I feel like when I allow myself to think of it like that and be with it in that way, it also alleviates um, the voice of the ego that says, oh, if you put out a poem and only like, 50 people liked it versus 500, then it must have been like not one of your good poems or something, you know, like these kinds of thoughts, particularly in the social media world. But the reality of it is like, I always only create when I am inspired and I always only create from that place of knowing that something is stirred within me, whether because it's something I'm personally going through or because I am picking it up in my surrounding or I'm channeling it based on more of the collective thing that's happening. I write from that place and I write with clear intention of it offering something. If it offers that thing to one reader, great. If it offers that thing to me, great. That's enough. Because it's this type of creation is limitless. It's not like, well, I created it. It should have reached this many people. Who gives up? 
you know, who gives yeah, the bleep? Yeah, we say that in our and then in our human self, it's kind of the same piece as the grief. Uh-huh. So our spiritual self, our higher self, our enlightened self is like you know we're talking about this, and then we're we're human, right? So the the the, the human piece of us also creeps in. That's like no, I, I want more people to hear this, and I want more people to receive uh-huh. this, and. I also think it's good because mm-hmm. the world needs more messages of love and peace. And I know mm-hmm. for me, like last year, especially really pushed me onto social media in a big way. Whereas mm-hmm. before I would kind of hold back and it was, it kind of came in very clear, like, no, just like get out there and say what you need to say and, and share light and awareness and peace and, and, and happy messages with people because yeah. we'll need it right now because they are bombarded with with fear in in so many ways and this is just like all around so Mm -hmm. you know I think and it's good to acknowledge that it's good to acknowledge one another and I'm very appreciative of you know like you and there's a whole bunch of us it's like we always like you know we're always liking each other's stuff and we're always like you know because it's just like you know it's just I I feel strongly about that like we can all support one another and we also never know the thing about a creation too I think about this all the time the thing about like a book or a piece of music, it's timeless. You might put out your book and, you know, people might find it five years down the road and all of a sudden right. it blows up because, and especially this kind of work, sometimes we're a little ahead of our time. <laughs> you know? right. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. this it's, I mean, I've dealt with this most of my life and, and yeah. being on the spiritual path for more than 20 years now. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, a lot of these things that are more mainstream now was like people mm-hmm. used to laugh at me for and make fun of me. And then slowly over the years, all these people are coming to me like, hey, tell me a bit about angels. Like, tell right. me a bit about meditation, you know? Uh-huh. And it's it's quite funny. So I find like as the, you know, as the, you know, general <laughs> consciousness sort of expands and opens, mm-hmm. I think we can expect that. And I'm seeing that already in my in my world as I know most, mm-hmm. most people are, you know, people mm-hmm. are definitely having this, um, you know, collective awakening to this knowledge that yes we are more than just what the system has tried to tell us and it's we're Mm -hmm. more than just this mundane experience where we just get up and go to work and you know our goal in life is to make money and have the white picket fence or whatever it is you know that there's 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 so much there's so much more and I'm glad that we're we're having this awakening and I Mm -hmm. and I I pray that inside of that everyone discovers their own creative genius because I believe that everyone has Mm -hmm. has has gifts you know everyone has Mm -hmm. gifts to share Mm-hmm. I think you're so right that uh, the human, you know, the human part of us that goes, yeah, I, I want hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people to be reached by this message. If it's coming from uh, purely ego, it will continually evade us because then we're looking for the satisfaction on the other side of it. But if it's coming from the place of consciousness, then it's only out of the desire for that consciousness to expand, to reach more people. So there's like a subtle difference that we can catch ourselves in, right? Like, I agree that it does feel good (laughs) to like put something out there and a lot of people resonate with it and they like it and they share it and like, great. And great because we want the message to spread, right? We want the... Uh, it's like like on a piano key, you hit a C and all the other Cs are vibrating, right? Like that's kind of what's happening. We put a piece of um, that has pure essence out there and and we hope and we know that on some level, that's where the resonance comes from, right? So when someone goes, oh my gosh, this really resonates with me, that's what they mean, right? They're like, I'm the other piano key, you know, like that's the feeling. And so great. And, and there's endless potential for that. Um, 
And if we do it with that knowing that it's coming from that place of clear or pristine intentionality, then it might reach, I love that you said like we, time is an illusion anyway, but like it might reach the next piano key right away, or it might reach them in five years or 10 years or whatever. Right. And it's just like, did we put it out with clear intention? Great. I think that, that brings me peace in the creative process as well. It's like create it and just see. Yeah. And it's about being obedient too, right? This has been a big theme in my life too, about being obedient to the instructions of spirit. And and when we're Mm. obedient, we don't always know why we're being guided to do what we're guided to do. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it will be revealed to us and sometimes Mm -hmm. it never will. And we'll just have to trust like, well, okay, I did what I was guided to do in the moment. And it might not really make sense, but you know, a lot of things Mm -hmm. don't make sense. And something else I want to add is also just because somebody has a lot of followers or a lot of following doesn't even mean it's good because as we can see what's out there in the mainstream especially like in music it's like it's garbage I'm sorry like this is spirit it is actually garbage (laughs) like some of the stuff that people pay attention to and where they allow their consciousness to go I mean I don't engage in a lot of it I see some of it you know Mm -hmm. because I see people making commentary on it but I'm just like wow like it's just Mm -hmm. you know what people listen to and what they take in and what they consume so again I, I going back to this idea that like everyone who's making the effort to put out, you know, beautiful content and, and mm-hmm. spread light and share awareness. I think every single one of us is doing, you know, a, a great service. And that's mm-hmm. um, just, just to remind ourselves of that. And that maybe it's not, you know, because who knows, you could affect mm-hmm. one person, maybe one person reads your book and that, you know, shifts an entire family line or they, you know, right. we don't even also know the ripple effect that comes from it as well. And some people don't say anything. This, this happens mm-hmm. all the time where mm-hmm. they don't say anything until years after the fact. I'm sure you, mm-hmm. um, I'd love to talk a little bit about your, your coaching and um, mm-hmm. more counseling work as well, because mm-hmm. I know that you, um, you work with people as I do. And I know mm-hmm. that I'm sure you've experienced this sometimes till way after the fact, people don't tell you the profound experience that they had or how the work mm-hmm. that, and it's not just us, of course, doing the work because the individual also has to do their own work. But yeah. I often get feedback way, way after the fact, like just last week, I got a couple of messages from years and years ago that you know you know shared some really beautiful feedback about some experiences that they'd had so we just don't we just don't even know yeah so sweet it's true uh yeah I appreciate you saying that I think that that's very true I am whether it's in my I I think in my, my counseling practice I hear the feedback less but when I do spiritual coaching which um I also do I feel like maybe it's just those, those people who happen to come for spiritual coaching are more uh, aware of integrating in real time and able to articulate sometimes in real time and sometimes not, you know, sometimes a year later, you're like, I'll get a text message or an email that's like, remember that time you said blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, I was just, I, I just got it. Or like, you know, it could, it, and, and sometimes we don't know. We share something and people are ready to receive it. They do. And sometimes it takes a long time for, they might hear it and then they might integrate it on some level. And then maybe quite a ways later, they integrate it at some other level. Um, I love that you brought that forward because I think that that's true. That that's, whether it's in our interactions or in the work that we create out in the world, 
uh, we never really know where the ripples go or how far they reach. We really don't. Mm-hmm. We really don't. I actually got a message on YouTube the other day. Somebody left a comment mm-hmm. under my my latest album that I put out, and he said, uh, "Wow, it's so great to hear from you again. You and your music was such a big part of my awakening, and your so- your sound and your style is so nostalgic for me." And I looked at his page, and this man is now a um, he looks like he's like a Hari Krishna Brahmacharian monk. So his whole life, wow. you know, his whole yeah. life is now completely on this you know spiritual path that was not there before. So that was. Such Wow. Interesting and, and beautiful comment. Wonderful, wonderful comment to receive. I was very, yeah. I was very touched by that. But again, I think yeah. he's going back where we're talking like maybe 10 years ago. So you just don't, mm-hmm. you just don't know. Wow. Look you at just, that. I know. Right. It's so great. But I think the timing of your book right now, and I think, you know, you have to trust in some of these, the delays and the setbacks because yeah, again, I'm super excited for your book. And mm-hmm. I just think the timing of it is so is so perfect because there are so many people that are transitioning mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How, there's so many people close to me who have lost loved ones, even people in my social media circles. It seems that, you know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people are, you know, leaving, leaving the planet during mm-hmm. this time. And, and I just mm-hmm. love what you shared because it's so real. It's so real, especially for us spiritual people, you know, having this awareness on one hand that we're mm-hmm. a soul and a human body, and then having this other, you know, awareness that, well, you know, I lost this person that I really care about and it effing mm-hmm. sucks, right? Yeah, it's true. It's the holding the, the two simultaneously is, um, is a challenge and yet it can be like the doorway to an even deeper understanding of ourselves and what we're doing here on this planet and how we can be in relationship to other people while we're here and in relationship to spirit as well. I love that. So this is sort of a big question, but just if, uh-huh. if anyone listens, because I'm sure some of the people that are listening right now may be drawn to this because they're grieving someone. And obviously we're mm-hmm. going to invite them to to get your book because hopefully by the time um, this goes live, that your book will be available or close to being available. But yeah. just a really quick, like what, what advice or what would you share with people that are maybe going through grieving a loved one in this moment? Mm. Ah, darling listener, if you're hearing this and you're grieving, be gentle with yourself in this moment. Allow for whatever sadness or sorrow, anger or pain, resentment or depression, for whatever is there to just be. Hold it gently in your heart. As you wait for it to pass, breathe deeply. Breathe deeply into every cell of your body. Hold yourself in gentleness at this time. If you have access to the light within you, breathe there. If it feels comforting to surround yourself with light of others do that invite them in remember who you are remember who your loved one really was and breathe into the spaces between you so beautiful Mm. thank you 
Right. As we're actually as we're having this topic, this talk here, I'm like, wow, grieving really is a portal to higher consciousness and higher awareness because it's like when you're asking me earlier, like, what do I do and what mm-hmm. you know, what is my process? Like, so much of my process is learning to accept the full totality and the full spectrum of all of the emotions that I feel because being a very empathic person and I'm a very, mm-hmm. very emotional person as well. It might not show on the outside cause I come off as mm-hmm. funny and, you know, but in some ways that's very much a strategy that I've adopted because I actually feel things so deeply and to the point that I actually don't even feel like I can live on this planet a lot of the times. So and it's taken me, you know, my whole life. And I know this is not just for me, it's about yeah. other people. And grieving is one of these times when we feel so many emotions and sometimes mm-hmm. so many conflicting emotions and so mm-hmm. strongly. And it actually offers us this beautiful opportunity for so much growth and expansion mm-hmm. and into, into greater love um, mm-hmm. for ourselves and for, you know, our loved ones and for all of humanity, really. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I wrote a whole book about it, girl. I totally agree. <laughs> like, I wrote a whole book about it. You're like, you reach into the choir over here? No, I just mean, I just mean that's exactly why. That's why I wrote a whole book about it because I agree. I agree that, that, that grieving is, yeah. I mean, it's the sub, subtitle of the book, A Path um, of Awakening Through Loss. You know, that's, that's, it's just that's just what it is and the the title is fantastic I don't know how the title came about but that it grabbed me from from the get-go because when I heard it I was like oh I got goosebumps now when I heard it I was like yeah like that's exactly what it is and you know like the Buddha taught this the Buddha said that there are inevitable things in life and birth death sickness and suffering these are all inevitable we cannot escape these things you know as much as we love our our loved ones we also have to accept that they you know we will not be together in this form forever Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah exactly exactly any time that we um resist the truth of that we only add to our own suffering when we're in resistance so we need to learn how to allow for it the totality of life including birth and death and everything that goes beyond in either direction right <laughs> oh my god it's like flashing in my head there's like a whole bunch of people that I want to make sure that read your book because um mm-hmm. and again it's different depending on the generation that people come from depending mm-hmm. on their beliefs about death and mm-hmm. you know there's so many factors that come into play but uh and, and grieving is a lot it can be a very long process as you know it's not a you know like one-stop shop like most spiritual work. I always say this to people. I'm like, you know, it's not a, and again, I think a lot of the spiritual marketing is trying to tell us like, do this and you'll be free from fear forever or do this and you will, you know, (laughs) never grieve again. Take my three-day workshop and get rid of all your grief. Like it doesn't work that way, people. It's Uh a journey. (laughs) That's right. And it's a, it's a beautiful journey. It's a, it can be a very Mm -hmm. painful one and uh, you know, it will stretch us, but you know, Mm -hmm. that's what I believe. You know, the more you stretch the heart, the, the bigger that it gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. That's a beautiful way to put it. Oh, so mm-hmm. please tell everyone, where can they find you? Where can they get your book and find out any more if they want to know about everything that you do? Please tell us. Yeah, thanks. So uh, if you'd like to follow along with my journey, read my book, see what I'm up to, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at mindonspirit.com. 
and my website, mindonspirit.com. The book is currently available for purchase on my website um, and you can get it anytime. It will be shipped in early April to all those who have already purchased it and moving forward. And it will be available on Amazon as well as in ebook format on Amazon um, later in April. So uh, by late April 2021, it will be available not just on the website, but also uh, worldwide on Amazon for those who'd like to access it. Get it? I'm so excited for it. Okay, and two two more Thank quick you. things. Two more yes. quick things we could before we wrap it up here. I would yeah. love for you because you shared with me before we we before we started here the meaning of your beautiful name, your given name, and yes. also the name of Mind on Spirit. Because every time I see Mind uh, on Spirit, I'm like, that is itself such an interesting play on on words. Uh-huh. The on word. I'm kind of like, what does that? It always makes me. It's, uh-huh. it's very thought provoking. So please, <laughs> if you can share a little okay. about that, I would love to hear. Sure. So uh, my name by birth, I, I was sharing with you that before we started recording that just this morning, I was thinking about like, why are we given the names that we are given? And the name that I was given, uh, which is Terane Erfan. Terane means song and Erfan means mystic knowledge. And so I feel like even from birth, <laughs> there was this like calling to to sharing this, this, this knowing, this knowing that's within to come out in this particular way for me to learn to vocalize what's there happens to be in written word. I really don't have a good singing voice. (laughs) Um, And the, the name of my business, my website, my Instagram, mind on spirit. Okay. Talk about one of those things where it's just uh, shortly after my daughter was born, she's seven and a half now, actually six days after she was born, I woke up in the middle of the night, wide awake. She was completely asleep. Nothing was weird. You know, she didn't need to be fed. I woke up to the words, you must write. And I was like, right? What? What are you talking about? (laughs) You know, anyways, this feels like a whole other conversation, but the point is, um, it got me curious because I think I had written my, put, put off my writing for a really long time for like, oh, decades probably as, as something that I was actually going to invest in. But in any case, following that night, I became more curious about writing and at the time I was, you know, often nursing her or pushing the stroller. So I'd have my phone in, in one hand. And when a thought would come, I would just write it in a note. Fast forward to when I got pregnant with my son four years later, they're four years apart. So four years later, I was looking, I changed phones. And you know, when you update your phone and it like brings up all the notes from your last time, I found this note that said mind on spirit. And so I went on it and it was a note that I had written myself shortly after I had woken up in the middle of the night with the thought of you must write. And it just said mind on spirit. And below it, it said, I have my, my mind on my spirit and my spirit on my mind. Oh, And, uh, and then below it, the, the series of questions of like, why are you holding yourself 
back from writing. What's the worst thing that could happen? Okay, if that's the worst thing that could happen, that is not a bad thing to have. So I had, I had basically been journaling or talking myself through my fears about this deeper calling, this, this purpose-led drive towards putting my effort, energy, life force towards my writing. And, and as soon as I saw that, I thought, okay, this is a thing. And, and, you know, that's really where it started. I just started with that handle um, as a way to put out my poetry and just play with writing. And it kind of stuck because I think that that's part of it is like, when, when, for those who live spirit-led like I do, and perhaps you do as well, spirit is never far from anything that we do, anything that we say, any way that we operate in the world. Um, so I sense that that's kind of where it comes from for me. It's like I have my mind, like my thoughts, my every day, my decisions, every thought, word, action, deed comes from spirit. So my mind is on my spirit and my spirit is on my mind. Like I walk through the world looking through that lens. And so, um, and it's served me well, it's continues to guide me well. And so it's a good reminder. Well, see, and without even realizing it, your name means song and your whole movement came from a, <laughs> it sounds like a rap song, really. Well, it is. I got my mind, I'm a spirit, I'm a spirit, I'm a mind. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're, we're, we're starting a mom rap crew. You can come join us. <laughs> Seriously, I've been having talks. We're like, let's start it. Let's go. Yeah. I love oh, it. Thank you so much. This has been such a beautiful conversation. So heart opening. I just feel your beautiful heart energy. And, um, mm. you know, for all of our talk about it doesn't matter who, who you know, receives our creations. I do sense that your book is will be very well received and uh, by many and that it is very much um, medicine that is needed right mm. now in these times. So I everyone, so deeply appreciate that. Yeah, I, I mean that. I, I, I'm excited about it. Like every day, I'm like, where's the book? <laughs> Soon. <laughs> yeah. Soon, I know. Perfect yeah. timing. Perfect timing. Yeah. I know. It's all it's yeah. all divine timing. So thank you thank so you. much, Terrine, for joining us, everyone. Thank Follow this you. beautiful woman on Mind on Spirit uh, everywhere. And thank you so much. Thank you. What a joy to be in conversation with you. Peace, everyone. <laughs> You've been listening to A Voice for Love. This is Surya Devi. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so you can use it to be a force for good in your life and in the world. You can find me at suryadeviworld.com. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to speak up for what you believe in. Peace.